One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball legal services for both you and for your business as well. Dan here along with Michael and Rob as we look back on the time that Farker beat Bielsa. Farker's Norwich beat Bielsa's Leeds. That can't have happened, surely. It's like crossing the streams on Ghostbusters. Right, take us back then. Where were we? We were in we were living a dream, weren't we? A happier was, time. I mean we say that. It was a new adventure. I say we were living a dream. Looking back at that season actually there were loads of bits of it where I go Oh, God, I remember that. That was horrible. Trust you to find <laughs> negatives in this season, Michael. I remember, particularly the first half of this season, I remember just, it was absolutely magical, I thought. Mm. Childlike, it, it was like childlike wonder, Rob. It was hard to believe it was happening. It was like, is this actually happening? Especially those games over Christmas where it was the comeback at Aston Villa, mm-hmm. the last minute winner against Blackburn. But then into the, the new consecutive year. Consecutive games as well, weren't they? Yeah. unbelievable. It was like... Yeah, just couldn't believe it was happening. After so much drudgery for the best part of 10 years, it didn't feel real. But then there was that sense coming into the new year where it did get very real and it was that stress of, oh God, we're in a promotion battle here and there is something to to leads up, I guess. It's weird, we're looking at the defeats that came ahead of this game because we had a bit of a bad run. We went and had those comebacks, but then we lost at home to Hull. We lost to Forest, which is the Calvin Phillips getting sent off we lost to Stoke which is Nathan Jones celebrating on the pitch like the, the defeats kind of all stick in my head from this this period yeah three from four as well which was when you think about what we actually achieved in the Bielsa's Leeds is mad isn't it and, and what had gone before as well because prior to that we'd lost three times all season and then we lost three out of four and it was it started to get a little bit tense but we were still up up the top end of the league at this point and we'd beaten we got a Rotherham and won with a new sign in Kiko Kassir. Ah, that was then mm. he's surely going to come in and Steady the ship. Yep. Isn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Whereas Norwich were having a bit of a, kind of the opposite at this stage. They'd, it, this Farker's second season, so the first year they'd, they'd been stuck in mid-table, not all that great. And he was kind of on the brink of the sack at the start of this one because they'd, they'd drawn the opening game and then they'd lost a couple, won one. We went there and absolutely trounced them 3-0 in that early. And, it, and let's not, you know, let's make no bones about it. That was a walk in the park. That was televised, wasn't it? I remember thinking mm. that was absolutely what a brilliant performance that was. So we absolutely destroyed him that day, and then they went to Ipswich, who were ultimately relegated, and got a, got a point. But he was right on the brink at this stage, and then they just that was one, that was one one in six at that point. Then they just started winning games. Then they, then they won four on the bounce. Drew lost. Then they won six on the bounce. <laughs> Drew a couple more. I mean, there's a run in this second half of the season, and we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But they win like eight on the bounce and something like, I think it's 11 out of 12 or 14, uh, 14 something like that. It's, it's absolutely wild, isn't it? The amount of green on this uh, particular graphics. If you go look back at, at team seasons on Wikipedia, 
they colour code them, don't they? Green for wins, yellow for draws, red for losses. There's a lot of green on this one. Yeah, so it was unfair that they crept up on us. Because <laughs> it was so much better than in the early part of the season. But then by the time they come to Ellen Road for this game, at the, uh, the start of February, it's neck and neck. Should also say that we're only a few weeks on from Spygate, which was mm-hmm. our, one of our few wins uh, that month against Derby, which again, we battered them at. But nonetheless, we were still three points clear at the top going into this game. And they were down to third, the chumps. Yeah, Sheffield United had played, uh, had played the day before was the, the main reason for that. But yeah, it was very, very, very tight at this stage. Obviously, it did it is kind of spread out and there was a bit of ebb and flow through the season, wasn't there? But um, yeah, we were... Were we still favourites at this point? I think we probably were. No, I, not, I, in your, not in your head. Not in, no, I'm, I'm talking about logical people who do these things, compile odds and stuff. I'm pretty sure we were still favourites to go up and, and win the league at this point. There was that kind of safeguarding with Bielsa where it was like, well, we're just the best because we've got Bielsa now. I remember that night, certainly before the game, like the atmosphere was electric that night as well because we'd had, like the atmosphere of the Spygate night against Derby was amazing. And then, yeah, before this Norwich game, it was, it was again, it was just hard to believe. It was like, we're in like a top of the table clash in the championship. This is amazing. And uh, I was in the South Stand that night, right at the back, and it was incredibly rowdy in there. Mm. Well, that, this is the minimum we demand now, don't we? As relegated <laughs> Premier League pigs. Um, was this a Friday night? Am I right in thinking this was a Friday night? It was definitely under the lights, wasn't it? It was a Saturday night. Saturday ah, night. The Wigfield so, part of the week. Which, which probably yes. goes somewhere to explaining the good atmosphere. Because <laughs> late kickoff on a Saturday, you can, you can if you're very determined, you can squeeze in about 10 hours of drinking there. So... That always helps. And actually, it's that first pay weekend after Christmas as well, isn't it? That one is Jan- effectively the January pay weekend when everyone's mm. been skint for five or six weeks after Christmas and then gets paid end of January. You go, oh, I've got money. Let's throw it all down my neck and drink. <laughs> anyway, um, where were we? Going into this one with uh, a lineup like this, that young lad that you're on about from Spain, Kiko Casilla mm. in goal. His home debut, Michael. High hopes. Got to be better than Peacock Farrell, hasn't he? <laughs> You'd think, you would think. And how's this for a back four? What do you make of Ailing, Janssen, Cooper and Alioski? Not a proper left back, but you know. Do you think we should sign one? Well, we've got Barry Douglas on the bench, so. Is he just not there yet? Is he a bit carrying a knock still at this point? Alioski can get up and down, can't he? Mm. That's the thing with him. Guess so. Um, holding midfielder in the form of Adam Forshaw. It's weird this, because Phillips is on the bench and Forshaw by this point was already a bit of a scapegoat in Bielsa's first season. He joined the previous January and he was immediately looking like our best player and Bielsa had described him as our best player in the summer but then I think he'd start the season injured but then yeah he was in the team now but people weren't really that keen on him as we will see later why and a midfield more attacking midfield anyway in front of Forshaw in the form of Pablo Hernandez on the right Jackie Harrison on the left Tyler Roberts and Mateus Click in more advanced positions ah Tyler Roberts <laughs> Saez had gone by this point, hadn't he? I suppose he was earmarked for that role. Hernandez and Harrison actually swapped wings for this game. I don't know if that was a mm. tactical thing, but yeah, usually it was, we'd yet to see Hernandez as the 10 by this point. So inverted wingers, that's exciting, mm. isn't it? And Roof preferred to uh, Pat Bamford up front. Mm. Was Bamford still injured at this point? He might have been. Let's just say yes. I think he was coming back from an injury. <laughs> <laughs> He's always coming to or on his way from injury, isn't he? So. Well, the subs who made it on, we will get to that in due course, but um, the three that came on the pitch were Clark, Bamford and Barry Douglas. Um, to Norwich then, and a 4-2-3-1, Daniel Farkas preferred um, formation with the Canaries. Tim Cruel, more on him in a bit, in goal. Aaron, Zimmerman, Godfrey and Lewis, the back four. Vrancic and Tribal in midfield. Uh, Buendia, Steeperman, Hernandez um, 
in the advanced positions behind Pukki, who is up front for them. Not a bad side when you look at it, actually. I mean, that defence, three of them got moves, didn't they? To... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, Aaron's didn't, actually. He just was talked about. But uh, Lewis and Godfrey both got Premier League moves after I mean, this. I mean, you don't imagine Aaron's is going to stay there for much longer. You wouldn't have thought so. You wouldn't have thought so. I mean... Not still going to be there three or four years down the line, etc., etc., etc. et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, so the full game is on YouTube, this one, if you want to watch along with us um, talking about it, isn't it? Yeah, it's Norwich, as you'd expect. It's through the uh, canary lens. Yeah, Leeds have chosen not to put the not to put the full um, full commentary on there. But Mark Rivers, interestingly, is on the co-coms, and he, I, I don't really remember him as a footballer at all, but he, in the build-up, he's saying, oh, the... I know I know someone who played here and because they're talking about the atmosphere and saying that the fans can really turn though. He said when he was playing here, this unnamed person, I did he didn't never knew what the fans were gonna do and they were like they're turning on them quickly and stuff. Have you been sleuthing this though? So I've been trying to work out who it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be, I think Darren Huckabee, Rob Green or Adam Drury, who we would have played with while he was at Norwich. But he also did play with Lou Varney at um at Hull. Mm. Do you feel like we should get these four in a room and try and wear them down? <laughs> I mean, it can't be Adam Dreary because I don't think he really played, did he, for Leeds? No, I'm going to say probably Green, it's probably Green or Varney, yeah, I would say. I think they're the ones that certainly felt it turned the most. Yeah, I mean, Var- yeah, Varney would be the one that might have felt the need to speak out about it because... And that's not true. We're know, the nicest fans in the world. When we win. When we win. So ahead of the game, we find out that Stuart Atwell is refereeing. Presumably he's going to tumble down the leagues and so on and so forth and... Yeah, was he Premier League at this stage or was he... Uh, he he's obviously not, he on his se- way up. not in the select group, is he, at that point? Because that's what they call them, mm. the ones who, who referee at the top. He might have been naughty in the Premier League so they sent him down for a week. That's the other thing yeah. they do, isn't it? They make, mm. you, they make you go slum it in the, and they are, in the Yeah, they always liked giving you uh, one of their so-called good refs for the televised games as well to mm. make the EFL look better. Or the refs look better, one of the two. Um, pre-game applause as well um, to remember a couple of people. Yeah, Toby Nye, who uh, Leeds fans will remember, who was the, the little lad who was... was he, was a mascot in some games as well, but um, he died this the, the week before, and then there was a, a Norwich fan as well who'd also died. So there was applause for them, and then Filma Singer had also died as well. So in the middle of all the applause, like it's not mentioned in the commentary, but then Filma Singer pops up on the big screen. You're like, oh, bloody hell, that was then as well. So yeah, it was um, probably just all adds to the kind of I don't know the charged atmosphere to it. I think in that seeing the footage back, I was like, God, I remember that now. It yeah. was um, it was quite emotional because Toby had he'd been kind of around the club for a while hadn't he and they kind of followed his journey and um, yeah, it, it, it'd sort of become like a little unofficial mascot hadn't he like yeah. Liam, Liam Cooper had, had done bits with him and stuff yeah yeah. so I think that made it um, and they got a bit of a song during the minutes applause and stuff so I think by the time the game actually kicks off the combination of the emotion of that the pressure of a promotion battle the all day drinking that's been going on it just means I think by the time the game actually starts everyone is like just absolutely well up for it yeah and Ellen rode under the lights as well yeah, I was going to say, I uh, I actually refused to watch the Norwich footage because I just didn't want to listen to their commentary teams. But the version I managed to find had no commentary at all, which was strange. But also it meant you kind of got to hear the atmosphere it, like being really loud and also you'd get to hear the uh, TV directors turn down certain songs as well. <laughs> Probably for the best. I did think from the atmosphere, I don't think it was ever this good last season. Like no. the, general, mm. the general intensity of it and the just the sense you get of Ellen Road I don't think we ever hit that point last year. Is that because, and we're talking about the, because uh, you may be watching this at some t- point in the distant future, mm. we're talking about the relegation from the Premier League season. But the contrast is that you're fighting for something here, whereas you're trying to keep something at bay when it comes to relegation. You, it, it's driven by fear, isn't it, as relegation? Mm. Whereas this is kind of driven by fear as well, in your case. But um, but it's fear of missing out on something brilliant, which we ultimately did in the end. But it's you're trying to achieve something rather than keep it, you know, mm. at arm's length in the form of relegation. It was a, 
I don't, and obviously the, the start under Bielsa, which we kind of evolved at this point, I think into something quite magical. We knew that something good was happening. I don't think we fully appreciated just how good it was, probably until the season after, but um, it was pretty good nonetheless. How did we um, How did we start in this game then? What did the game uh, look like in its early stages? Well, I mean, you look at the score and when the goals were scored and you think, oh, Norwich have got an early goal there, but we basically battered them for the first three minutes <laughs> and really isn't very much. But like we, they'd not had a kick. I mean, for the first half hour, we batter them, mm. just punctuated by that that goal. It it was mad watching it back. That even within the first ten minutes, I was like, "This is the best football I've seen Leeds play for about th- two years or something." It's incredible. It's more inventive, more intense, more well drilled. You can already see already see there's a pattern of play there, and you compare that to what's gone on in the last eighteen months. It's really stark, and it and it shows as well, like how quickly Bielsa raised the standard because I was reading Moscow's match report back and it's quite critical and damning and likewise Phil Hayes match report is kind of I think most of the players get like a 4 out of 10 Mm -hmm. I think only Casilla gets more than a 4 out of 10 and you watch it back now and you think but we're brilliant (laughs) it's like the scores are almost and the the match report is formulated relative to the result I guess Mm -hmm. isn't it and you, you almost ignore the standards, and, and that's maybe a thing that's true that we now we've got a little bit of distance in time between this game and the current day at the time of recording, just to appreciate what a good thing we had. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe we were too close to it at the time; we just didn't know. Yeah, I mean, so they, they the ball goes in the net for them at about three or four minutes, but by then we've already had a couple of shots. For clicks, had one from just go wide. Jackie's had one that he doesn't quite catch from the edge of the box. But there's a real sense of like this is we're go, we're out of here. We are we are going to win this. And then they score, <laughs> which, feels, which feels very unfair. Although it did remind, remember, remind me of something from this season, which was just a Pontus thing that he used to do stuff like this because the goal comes from him trying to do too much, bringing it out of defence. He gets tackled, then in chasing back to try and recover himself, he fouls, and it's definitely a foul, and it's in a dangerous spot, and sure enough, it ends up in the net. Yeah. yeah, he has a big moan about it, doesn't he, to the ref, but he just kicks the guy in the back of the ankles. It's like very, very blatant. It's Hernandez, isn't it? Not our Hernandez, theirs. Um, who he brings down on the edge of the box and it's uh, Vrancic with a free kick. Big old deflection. I mean, it's, it's not fair, this. <laughs> I think there's a sense... I remember thinking at the time... That is what you think, isn't it? As a, even back, even like, as a grown man, you think it, don't you? Because <laughs> I've got... Oh, we, it's not fair, we've been loads we've better. Been good. And now it's deflected, so that doesn't count. <laughs> um, Stupid. So yeah, 1-0 to Norwich. Barely four minutes in. Although Farco at this point looking serious on the touchline because I guess we'd had him on the back foot from the get-go. He, he loves a big coat, doesn't he? Mm. That just adds to sort of his intimidating air, I think. Yeah, he's quite, a, he's quite a chunky man anyway, isn't he? But when he's, got a, when he's padded out, yeah, he's, he's quite an intimidating presence, actually. But um, from that, it doesn't really bother us that they've scored. It doesn't feel like... They, they, they have a bit, more, a bit more of a chance when Buendia and Steepman and Hernandez are kind of going forward as a three and it looks like something's going to open up. But other than the little breaks that they keep having, the general, the general sort of push of the game is all still for us. And I, I think I'm just waiting for us to score, even though I know we don't mm. in this game. There's so much good play in it. Up to the second goal, I, I, I thought for sure it was actually quite good. But there is that sense of, oh, he's not Calvin Phillips. And mm. again, you showed how quickly Bielsa had turned Calvin Phillips into essentially our best player or our most important player. It, it's just not as uh, physical, I guess, and also his passing you can just tell the difference even though Bielsa did just dearly love Farshaw so much. I mean, I'm just looking down the notes as well. 
Foshaw shot drag wide from the edge of the box. <laughs> it was in this period as well that continued into the next season. Foshaw's just never going to score. Ever. Never. Continue into the next ever. season. It continues five years later. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. If, by the way, you had uh, the 14th minute for the first ailing flop, congratulations, you won the sweepstakes. That was it's a good one. It's a, it's a classic of the genre. But we don't like diving, do we? Well, uh, And we see a little bit of that from Norwich, which leaves a bad taste in the mouth. It's, it's Hernandez again, going down again under a challenge from Pontus. Mm. Yeah, there, there are a few quite bad dives in this game, actually, but um, ailing, obviously. Brutally yeah, assaulted. Yeah, um, Norwich under Farker, they kind of upset Chris Wilder, which is good, but he was often complaining... <laughs> Um, that they would time waste and dive and kind of kill the game, which is good because there's an athletic article talking about the rivalry between those two benches and there's a source at Norwich which describes Sheffield United's bench under Wilder as chirpy as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So this incident, yeah, where where you get the the Hernandez dive from the, the Pontus challenge, we then break with it and there's a fairly major incident in the game at this point. Yeah, so Pablo, lovely little ball. It's um, over the top for Roberts. Roberts gets there first. He does miss. He gets a shot away. He does miss. But then Cruel absolutely clatters him mm. in a way that if if he doesn't get his shot off, I think it probably is given as a red card. But because he's had the shot, I feel like that pretty much saves Cruel at this point. Yeah, if he'd have just knocked it round him mm. rather than kicking it just towards the goal. Because I don't think, I don't even know. I don't think Roberts was necessarily expecting to score. I mean, Tyler Roberts, but uh, were we? Yeah, but if he had just knocked it around him as if he was going to get the ball, even if he wasn't, it probably would have been a red card. And it wasn't, even though the Norwich commentators thought it was going to be. Yeah, they're trying to not say as soon as it happens. Oh, that's, could a, be in trouble. that's a red card. But as soon as it's a yellow, they're like, oh, "I am quite relieved there." I, re- I thought it was. In, I thought it was going to be in a lot of trouble. Ellen Road singing the football league's corrupt. <laughs> yeah, maybe that puts off Pablo as he. Hits a, a dodgy free kick into the wall, but a click actually catches the rebound quite nicely. But then it, it goes over for um, for a goal kick, and then not content with being a, a dick, fouling Roberts, cruel starts time wasting. Which is, I mean, like you've, you've almost now got to admire this. Like 
the absolute dickish behaviour of time wasting when the crowd is already riled and you know that they're riled, they're riled at you, they're annoyed that you're still on the pitch. So for you to then start sort of rubbing their faces in it is... It's great fun from an objective point of view. Awful if you're in the stadium. <laughs> it's also a bit of a challenge to the referee as well because the ref is going, is he really going to book me for time wasted a minute after he's just booked me? Probably not. Hope so. I'll get away with this. But it would be funny if one time a ref did just go, nah, nah, I don't like that. Don't like what you're doing there. You can go. And then the uh, the Guantanamo style uh, <laughs> mind games, the the psychological torture, which mm-hmm. we will explain in a second because you might be going, what's he on about? That starts just after the half hour mark, but Buendia's doing good stuff. Until? Until, well, what happens? Are you telling me the PA system at Ellen Road starts blasting out noise? It was a controversial moment in the season, this, wasn't it? It, it, There were articles written about it, how we'd... um... I mean, The Athletic, great bunch of lads, been good to us Mm -hmm. um, in the last few years. Michael Bailey was their Norwich writer. He was at the Pinkin at this point, wasn't he? Mother wrong and more like. Yeah. Well, Pinkin is is their YEP. So he was the, he was there, Phil Hay, and um, he tweeted out at this point suggesting that it might have been a deliberate psyops plan <laughs> he, on the he, part of Leeds. He went proper. It makes you think, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good it's a good run, is this by Buendia? He's like just taking the piss, dribbling past our entire team as people are sliding all around him. But yeah, just as um, as he goes past Cooper, who eventually does recover to block it, that's when the when it kicks in, and you can hear it on the even though uh, like the lip mic that the commentators have is very. Um, it's got a very limited field on it, so it doesn't pick up too much noise. You can very clearly hear the in the background. And then once it stops, you hear the big <laughs> <laughs> We should really have told people that that was just Ellen Road being Ellen Road. Yeah, but Ellen Road is knackered and everything <laughs> needs fixing still. And not long after that, 34 minutes, 35 minutes, it's 2-0. Oh no. Adam Forshaw. Bloody Adam Forshaw. What's he doing? He's he's generally pretty good at this, I would say, is for sure, of making it look like he's taking too long, but then he spins out of stuff. I was going to say, in this moment, he looks like the most relaxed man mm. in the world. It is all very <laughs> frantic and panicky, and then the ball gets passed to him, and he just looks like he's playing five-a-side or something, and gets the ball nicked off him, and it leads to another very fluky goal, I mm. would argue. Yeah, this what? one also needs ruling out. Yeah, unfairness. Un- for unfairness. And it's awful when you get the second goal that's unfair that compounds the first one that's also unfair. Double, yeah. It's a double unfair. And then they, they, they're exponential as well, so you multiply them together. It's not just one, <laughs> one plus the other. That seems, that seems fair. That's how the maths works. Yeah, so Buendia's nicked the ball off for sure. Steepenman pulled it back to Vrancic. His shot's blocked by Janssen. But then, again, you can probably blame Forshaw for this as well because he's playing him on side. Forshaw's dropped really deep at this point for some reason. And he's just looking across to his left as the ball falls to Pukki to knock into an empty goal. And you're like, it looks like everyone stops for it, for it to be mm. offside, but then it's like, oh Yeah, no. everyone kind of goes, well, that's obviously not going to be it. Oh, it is. <laughs> you, sort, you sort of forget it's pre-VAR as well. Mm. It's like he's expecting there to be a VAR check. And actually watching it back, you do think, you could have just run to the line and maybe tried to stop that shot as well. Mm. You're just like, yeah, whatever. So yeah, we get round to half-time. We do, well, we do nearly score like immediately after it. Roof has a little jinky and run past three defenders and his shot is actually, it's actually the first time we've properly made Krull make a save because for all the play we've had, the best chance prior to this was probably one one of those Alioski volleys, you know, where Harrison, I think Harrison gets the line, pulls it back, Alioski shoots and it goes wide. But th- this is the first time we've we've made him make a proper save in this game, even though we've had a lot of the play and an awful lot of shots from so outside that, the box. That should have been 2 1. So and that should be 2 1. Injury time. <laughs> well, he shouldn't have been on. And yeah, in, in injury time at the end of the first half, Ailing scores. I mean, someone on the sheet here has put it's rightly disallowed for a foul on Cruel. No, 
No. Should have been 2-2. Two, two. Rubbish. Pontus only pushes over one defender and the goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those that you look at and you go, yeah, yeah, no, fine. Good solid, good solid foul. But then there is the, still that sense of injustice, isn't there, as you're going to half-time. Like, we've been the better team here and, you know, we've played the better football. All right, we've been limited to long shots mostly. None of this is fair. You're right. That's fully the vibe about this one, isn't it? It's just not fair. And we do sort of, the tactics are sort of working because they're completely unable to play out from the back. When, when the centre-backs have the ball, we're right on top of them and there's there's nothing they can do. Like the amount of times that we take it off them or they just end up having to smack it long or it gets sort of half-tackled and ends up with a throw-in or something. So it's kind of working and given the comebacks we'd already seen against Villa and against Blackburn, you sort of get to half-time and you think, well, it's not over. Yeah, it's we all, not there's over. always something in this team. Yeah. What, what this is crying out for is Pablo Hernandez off, Barry Douglas on. <laughs> yeah, these subs are strange, aren't they? I mean, on reflection. Well, Harrison off Clark on is just what happened every week by mm. that point. But yeah, bringing a left back on for Pablo Hernandez is... I can't remember that happening. But. <laughs> it's weird actually watching Jackie back in this game because I think he does pretty well in the first half. But at the time, people wanted Jack Clark to play instead. Mm. That was definitely a thing. I remember, Yeah, I remember finding Harrison really frustrating it this season. But actually watching it back, he, he is good. And if you want frustration, just wait till the 62-minute 62 <laughs> mark when you got Roberts off Bamford on. <laughs> Um, not much happens in the second half. No, really? it's, it's a bit. It's all just a bit scrappy. It's weird after a, a first half full of incidents. This one just sort of descends into nothing. Yeah, it's a bit of a letdown. You're expecting the big push to come, and it just feels like they're cancelling each other out to a certain extent. Well, I think Norwich yeah. is just content to break it up at this point, and they do it. They do it very well. I have to say, they they seem to have just got our number, and the changes we've made have had no impact at all. Because obviously, with Pablo going off, Douglas going on, it means Alioski's on the wing, but. Which we, I suppose we did sometimes do that. We'd, we'd move Alioski further forward and he'd cause a bit of chaos or he'd come off the bench in the season after more so. And he'd, his energy would throw a bit of a grenade into there. But it just doesn't work. There is a nice Alioski moment where I think he, he pushes Timu Puki in the face at a corner mm. and the ref comes over to sort of tell him off and he just gently puts his arm around like his waist. And just chats, he's like, oh, nothing to see here, man. <laughs> and he, he, does, he does almost give them a goal as well as Alioski where he... he Miscontrols it and um, booked as well. Aaron's um, obviously, but yeah, Aaron he falls to Aaron's, who I guess looks like a defender in the box because he, he could probably put it to either corner, but he, he sort of flashes it wide instead. Yeah, and then seventy eighth minute is when it goes uh, to three nil, and yet another is it an unforced error, ponderous, not quite accurate passing? It seems like there's a common thread running through all these goals. Cooper passing to Douglas, who's just not ready for it. Douglas has a bit of a stinker, I think, when he's on. Mm. does he get booked in the end he just fouls everyone doesn't he <laughs> well it, it, there's a little moment in it where he's just I mean I, I say he's fouling there's a lot of diving going on as well mm. I think it's um, is it Buendia's desperately trying to get him booked it feels like for about a five minute period yeah. he's, just, he's just like leaping around every time Douglas goes near him near him. but I mean he, he catches him once or twice but that's fair enough yeah so Pookie runs away with it there's a cross well the score it's not fair again <laughs> it's not a, he's not even cleanly hit this one, this one isn't fair either <laughs> because the the pass has gone over there Jansen's actually got there he blocks the. if you watch the, the angle from behind the goal he blocks the cross but it bounces back off um, who is it is it Hernandez out there um, and it then it goes it, the cross kind of makes it after being blocked that's not fair <laughs> and then the shot's deflected and it gets a double meg on the way through as well yeah 3-0 you feel like you're beaten there it's almost 4 as well D- Douglas loses it in the box Jordan Rhodes comes on late on. Uh, Bamford hits the bar as we get into uh, into injury time, and then finally we make a breakthrough. They're not getting they're not getting away with a clean sheet. So there, that's the real quiz. Still a little bit though. Where you go? 
at this point he goes could we especially oh. is it because of the recent like, well, results Black, yeah. Blackburn we scored two goals in, the, in, in like three minutes didn't we never quite had the same feeling though did it no because they were better when it, Norwich. but yeah it was Bamford heading in at the near post from a, from a corner and uh, mooted celebrations muted celebrations not a not a particularly thrilling occasion no a bit of a letdown in the end yeah, the second half as a whole is weird and not not what I remember from this season no, I could understand the kind of pessimism in the match reports having watched the second half. Because at halftime, I was like, bloody miserable bastards. He's brilliant. <laughs> and then the second half is pretty crap. Albeit at full time, there's a bit of a scuffle with Pat Bamford and Tim Krul, which again, will be more of that later. Um, should we hear from the, the managers? Which one? Well, just the one. Go on then. Is Daniel Farker uh, around? To he is actually. Go yeah. on, what did he have to say? The lads delivered in a difficult and complicated game, so I'm really thrilled. Uh, we have... Had to be brave in order to show we could press whenever we could. There were, of course, periods where we had to sit in and be brave as well. I've got the feeling we could have scored one or two more, but I'm even more pleased how we controlled the second half. Such an away win, is this is outstanding, and the consistency the lads are delivering is also great. It's important we enjoy these kinds of results <laughs> and enjoy it. Had he been drinking at that yeah. point? <laughs> I think I was confused by the fact that enjoy was there twice, but <laughs> I suppose it's not his first language. <laughs> no. I'm not sure this is yours either, to be perfectly honest. Um, so this game for them set off a hell of a run, didn't it? Just looking at it. They won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 10 out of 11 games, only losing to Preston in a midweek fixture. And did that derail them? No. No, it did not. <laughs> they just went on another massive run where they didn't lose again until the end of the season. Yeah, it was, it was a sensational again, run, wasn't it? not fair. Not fair that the team never never drops points. You, you need to be given a chance. And uh, Bielsa's comments, a theme that we, I think we've spotted has uh, been a hallmark probably of, of Bielsa's leads. We still need too many chances to score and we need to be much more clinical than we were tonight. We did not make our possession count. <laughs> I mean, we've, yes, I know, I know. Um, but there was, um, there was some uh, payback somewhere down the road for Tim Krull. Yeah, well, first of all, Pat Bamford was incredibly Pat Bamford after the game, I suppose we should say. Because the following season, he was kind of feisty Pat Bamford for a bit, wasn't he? Uh, but, uh, but then... <laughs> Did you do that yeah, interview? Yeah, sort of explaining his little spat with Tim Krul afterwards. He said, uh, we've got to make sure and realise, and you don't uh, and you don't really realise in the moment, that there are a lot of kids watching in the stands on, on, on TV. Putting your head against somebody, even if it's nothing, it's all about egos, and it's not setting a good example to the kids. Whereas Tim Krul... What did, what did Pat Bamford do against Villa? <laughs> sorry go on he was anti-violence he was moving out the way of right. what would have been an otherwise vicious assault he's yeah. proven it was wrong yeah whereas Tim Krull kind of just didn't give a shit uh, leading up to this game we said the hype was massive but they are not unbeatable our manager made it clear respect them and be humble but hit them because they are not Barcelona no they are not we played them off the park at home for 35 minutes but conceded soft goals this time we did it again without conceding the soft goals I walked over and what's the striker called Bamford he was giving Ben Godfrey all sorts and grabbing him. So I said, come on, and pushed him away. And the weird postscript to all this is that two years later, when we were playing Norwich in the Premier League and we beat them 2-1 at Carrow Road, Rafinha weirdly posted a screenshot of the Daily Mail article uh, with the headline, Tim Krul uh, says they are not Barcelona. And uh, yeah, Rafinha posted it with the caption, no, we are not Barcelona, we are Leeds United, the fire emoji. Some flames in the chat there and a flexed bicep, Rob Novak. Indeed. Which Rob, is funny, actually, given that Rafinha ended up at Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. But I remember writing a blog about this at the time, just being like, 
Who's told Rafinha about Tim Krul? This is like really weird. You wonder if he's come across the article and thought it was more recent or something. Yeah. But then, it, but then again, it could just of... it could just be Bamford said to him that keeper was a dickhead last time we played. Well, that, yeah, that was the thing in the blog I was trying to work out. Like, who would have told him? And I thought it's definitely Pat Bamford, isn't it? Just try to ride <laughs> him. Up. A little petty grievance with him yeah. for a couple of years. No, good. I like that sort of oh, thing. Click. Yeah, no, other yeah. click. It had probably done it himself, wouldn't he? Got yeah, to yeah. cause trouble. Uh, so that put Norwich top after thirty games. This feels like mid-season February. Surely the season's nearly over with 30 games elapsed. No. Um, so they went top. And did this derail our season? Or was it just uh, a little, I don't know, a little blip? It sort of did. But then we were somehow back on track. And when we come to play Sheffield United, we make a mess it up all again, can't we? And then it gets back on track. And then we play Wigan and we get another chance to mess it up. And then we get to the playoffs and... I'm sure that went fine. Get another chance to mess it up. So yeah, we had we had a several bites at it this year and never were quite there. Whereas Norwich just walked it. Just didn't lose any games, did they? After that, just... just I mean, but what really matters... Went and won all the what time. What really matters is Rafinha there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That, that's what all this was about. <laughs> we won the long game. Didn't we? <laughs> yeah. And there you go. That is the square ball guide to, uh, to Farkas Norwich beating Bielsa's Leeds. We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 